0: The Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand podcast series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit clarity to prosperity.com.
1: Welcome everyone to the Rainmaker Multiplier podcast. I'm really excited to uh, to launch this uh, podcast series and we're going to be talking about today estate planning and we're going to be talking about the importance of the collaborative approach between a financial planner and an estate planning attorney, and the lot a lot of the benefits that come from that collaborative approach. So I've been uh, including estate planning attorneys and working with my clients for over fifteen years now and have have received the the big benefits that come from it and uh, I'm excited to invite Scott Huff. he's going to be with us today on our podcast. Um, Scott is uh, the creator and CEO of Your, Fo- uh, Your Folio, which is a technology platform that really aligns uh, attorneys and advisors that he'll talk a little bit about. But the reason Scott's on here is because he's got as much or more experience than anyone I've come across in the collaboration, and the connection of attorneys and advisors. So Scott's been an advisor himself for 18 years. Um, He actually also served as an independent fiduciary for the United States Department of Labor Employee Benefits Securities Administration. Um, He's been the chairman of the Board of Trustees and chair of the Investment Committee at the Ohio Police and Fire Pension Fund, um, completed executive studies at the Wharton School of Business, but uh, but really an entrepreneur that has launched this software program designed to provide a more collaborative approach to estate planning through modern technology. Uh, so Scott's also a tennis player and competes at a national level. Pretty impressive dude. Really excited to have him here with us. Welcome, Scott.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate being here and the opportunity to, uh, to do this podcast with you.
1: Yeah. So, Scott, let's go back to the beginning of uh, when did you start? Working collaboratively um, with attorneys and tell tell me a little bit about your experience in the in learning about estate planning and doing some of the things like we were at uh, having drinks a few weeks ago and you were telling me how you were uh Going to the courthouse to do something. What were you talking about? Like do something. I don't know how to do. Yeah. What was it well, you were talking about? Like settling a will or something.
2: Yeah, not not to diminish what uh, state planning uh, state planning attorneys do, but yeah, uh, you know, we have settled a handful of estates in our financial advisory practice. So simple estates. Um, but uh, you know, ironically, simple could not mean you know could also mean you know um, uh, just one asset that might be worth one or two million dollars that we didn't have to engage an estate planning attorney to do it, we could do it in-house. Um, you know, but in my practice, there's there's a real value to working with attorneys.
1: Right? How does that go about, like, you know, how <laughs> did you actually, how do you do that And in- I'm just curious now, So, so should've so, asked you the so, other day. So, yeah, you know,
2: just, just to break out the detail of settling an estate, um, you know, and this has to deal with either a will or a trust, but let's just say for the sake of this conversation, it's a will, Okay. Um, you know, somebody will have a will and they'll detail out, um, you know, a certain path of distribution. Right, and so what? who oversees that path of distribution is a probate court, so what you'll do is you'll go out and you'll file you'll do a, a probate filing and you'll do an asset list and then eventually you'll get a stamp of approval from um, from the judge in the probate court or the magistrate, and then when you get that um, when you get that document, it allows you then to further distribute the assets the way that the will wanted them to go out to the
1: people. But you're able to do that without a law degree or without a. It can be done by it, it
2: can be done by the family members. Oh wow! Can be so
1: you can kind of just walk them through, yeah. give them guidelines for them to do it yourself. In essence, you're kind of walking them through.
2: Well, essentially, we're just dropping the paperwork off, or, or okay. you know, or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, or uh, you know, or helping them fill out a name or an asset list. It really isn't a challenging thing. But you know, the the key for us is. And, you know, we don't bill for that service, right? That's just a, a service that we provide as a value add. But the yep. key is, is that, and I think this is one of those um, statistics that we hear every day is that people lose, you know, advisors lose the assets upon passing, clients passing. Yes. It's a little bit of a reversal for me where I was able to obtain assets upon the passing of somebody that I didn't have as a client, yep. but it's controlling the process. A lot of advisors lose control of the process. They're typically, they don't work in a collaborative function with another with another attorney. They'll hand it off, and they'll lose control of that process. We're here. We like to stay in, in the driver's seat. Yeah, we like to stay in the driver's seat, work right. with our attorneys, right. and stay together as a collaborative. It, it's just a better type of planning, um, you know, working with other professionals. It benefits everybody.
1: Makes sense. So, um, you know what, and, and as a side note, we, we need to talk about we have a process called the family succession plan, which is designed as the entire death blame process all the way through but that component's not in there. So like that pivot point of when do you need to bring in an attorney and when is it easy enough that you can eliminate, you know, some of those costs for your clients and just be like, here, this is all you need to do. Go down here and do this. And you kind of just walk them through it and save them a lot of money. And what what a great value add.
2: Yeah. That, that's the point I want to make. And, you know, again, I, I, I certainly don't want to diminish what an attorney does, but a lot of the functionality can be saved for the client. You know, right. if I can add value, or I can show on my fees that um, that I provide this type of service. It just abil- it gives me the ability to, to substantiate what I'm charging. Nice. So if I'm charging somebody 80 basis points or 100 basis points, and I say, hey, by the way, I help manage their estate all the way through. Right. It just gives me a better reason for compliance and a, and a better re- you know story to the client uh, on what I'm providing as um,
1: services. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to open up that e-learning module. You got to check it out. Family succession plan. We'll
2: be more than happy to help you out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah. Um, so the uh, how about you know the difference of uh, I think you know some people may know this, some people may not. Um, uh, when do you go to um, or recommend somebody getting a trust set up versus a will?
2: Well, I believe, and this is just again my my thing. I, I believe that uh, trust apply to almost everybody. Um Very rarely does a trust not apply um simple things like asset protection trust uh, you know and people don 't realize that if you 're driving down the road or you know the insurance coverages that you have for your client, you know that um it 's important to protect their assets, especially when they don 't have a lot of assets it 's even right. more important to protect their assets. so I believe trust planning is a very big component of estate planning for your client and almost everybody's uh, has a trust application to them yeah. Uh, you know, the other parts of that, when you talk about trust, um, you know, there's a lot of varieties at work, but people assume, uh, assimilate trust with taxes. Right. That's not really the case. Yeah. You know, there's a yeah. lot of trust. But the advantages for advisors in using trusts. the number one advantage is discretionary trust, which means it gives you discretion over the assets upon the death of your client. And that's the biggest thing. Then that way you hold on to those assets. So using just discretionary trusts within your practice is a tremendous
1: advantage. Tell me more about that.
2: So a discretionary trust, again, I'm not an attorney, so I'm not providing legal advice. I'm just giving a synopsis of what that basically is, but it's it's a clause or, you know, within the trust document that allows um, a client to give the advisor authority over managing the assets to the heirs. So if they go to another trust. Um, Those assets are inherited by another trust that advisor could be the managing um, advisor over those assets um, within the trust document.
1: And is that provision irrevocable by their those kids? Let's say beneficiaries adult children once the parents pass away.
2: It could be either way Yeah, so, you know, it depends on how you strategize with your um, with your client what the client What? why why you should remain the person to oversee those assets okay. and why that you don't want them to take that right away from you. So you might have children that don't manage money well. They might be younger, Yeah. you know, you might be able to hold that clause until the kids are 35 years old, whatever that is. So, you know, that's a planning strategy uh, yeah. that you would develop with your client, but it's a very And then strategy. ultimately
1: the advisor's overseeing it and he's the one executing, no, I'm sorry, the attorney's overseeing it. He's the one executing the document. I'm saying when it's getting set up. Yeah. So, I mean, if you if you talk to your client about it and they're comfortable with it and you two are in agreement and then you bring it to the advisor, the advisor draws up the, the discretionary trust. or the attorney draws up the discretionary trust.
2: That's correct. Then
1: at that point, I mean, it isn't like, yeah, I mean, there's a third party involved because, I mean, you know, the initial reaction is like, oh, can I do that? But, I mean, the attorney's the one drawing it up. The attorney's always draw up the, the legal documents. client, yeah. exactly.
2: You're exactly right. And that's... uh. And that's a you know that's a key advantage of the good collaboration that you would do with the uh, with the attorney, and then you have an oversight, right? So in case somebody says, well, you st- you you know you you st- you steered your client into making a decision, you have an attorney involved that says, well, listen, I have the ultimate authority because I did the document, so it removes you the liability
1: from. Wow, him. that's fantastic. I've never uh, never. I mean, I knew that was possible. I just never heard about I guess how easy it could be you know I mean or never really thought about going to that next step I mean I'm I'm there I kind of teed up the question will versus trust what do you recommend and I know we can't recommend we're not attorneys but at the end of the day when you explain it to a client you're going to have an opinion right of what's what's best for them and I'm in the same camp you are I mean I almost always you know uh, when I educate them, it's like, why wouldn't you spend a little bit more for the trust to eliminate a ton of those probate fees and all the other negative downsides of probate on the back end?
2: It, it adds up, yeah. If people don't understand that I pay more up front for, you know, give less burden to the family on the end, people don't understand that a probate process, even the one that we're working on now to help that client through it, could take twelve to eighteen months, whereas settling a trust could take. You know, thirty to sixty days. Right. So the process itself is a less of a burden on the family members, and all of those different components when you're having those conversations are what could you know could you know potentially provide an advantage to the family members upon upon passing.
1: Right. And ultimately, if you're in the driver's seat, you want to be the one that takes them through an easy process, right, with a trust versus you know a lengthy, expensive process. Going through the courts and having heavy involvement by the attorney.
2: Yeah, and and you know, and and the biggest downfall to trusts are the funding of the trusts. You can settle, an advisor can settle on a, a trust estate very simply, but it's making sure that the things are funded correctly into that trust is where the where the challenges come in. That's really where the trusts fail at, or the funding aspects of them.
1: Right. Right. No, that's awesome. That's great. Um, So what's your what's your view of the current state of estate planning between financial advisors and estate planning attorneys?
2: I think it's misunderstood, you know, and this is a this is a a prime example. And I think everybody who's listening will relate to it is that, um, you know, I would call up an attorney friend of mine to come in to work with a client of mine and they would re-interview them on a paper and a pen and, and and go through, um, you know, asking them, who do you want to be your beneficiaries? Well, these were all the questions I already either knew the answer to or I should know the answer to. Right. So it's a broken process. Yes. And, you know, I in, in, in my practice, you know, and in my life, I always thought to myself, there's got to be a better way to collaborate. It, it's not. A, and then once my client went to the attorney, mm-hmm. I never had any idea of what was going on. Right. So I, all, all I would see is these documents coming back. So the whole process yeah. was broken for the uh, between the two. Absolutely. And, like know, I have,
1: I, I mandate they, they come to my office to do all the work with my clients because of that reason you just said. But then that adds a lot of time inefficiency. Yes. Because we're having to sit through the meetings to oversee to know what's going on. Yeah. But it was like the only solution I could come up with.
2: And it's challenging. And then you want to make sure that those, those, that, that planning beyond a client's lifetime really follows their legacy and their goals. So when you hand it over and you're not as well versed on the process, right. do you really know if that's meeting their goals or, and you're, you know, you're the person who brought the relationship to the client.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, it's a tough process, but there's a, you know, we found a way to make it better.
1: Really so is that what uh is that what you've done um, with uh, your folio is that yeah. kind of part of making it better the efficiency i mean i you you know you've told me a little bit about it i haven't uh, had an opportunity to go through a demo demo uh, yet with you, but is that for the most part what it's doing
2: yeah that's exactly um you know we're in a te- technological age you right. know technology services a lot of the things we do in life from uh, from microwaving our food in the morning to, uh, you know, to providing us our phone calls and text messages. So, you know, as we move forward with technology, technology actually makes our lives better. We know that, yes. um, you know, in good or bad ways. Um, and so our technology platform, you know, creates a better um, system of collaboration. And, and not to drive into it too much here because, you know, we're here to talk about growth. But, you know, the point of it is, is that. Um, Using a platform like this, you're able to see all the communication, see all the work together. Everybody's um, working in unison, and it's all tracked so that you can actually follow the process and know what the right things are going through, and you're able to see all the work. And that's what I wanted to create was a better system of collaboration and make it easier for the client. Now the client doesn't have to keep coming into the office. They can work through the virtual system. And it just brings the planning process a lot better and gives the advisor a better way to stay in control.
1: Nice. Nice. That's cool. So tell me about what 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 how does it work? Like what exact what happens first? I'm assuming the advisor meets with the client and gathers data. Do they have them fill something out? Do they fill it out interactively? What's the best practice of, you know, how that process works using that technology?
2: Excellent question. Um, It works exactly the same way that you would normally work with your client, you'd hope you work. But at this point, you're you, you begin the process, you move that forward. So yeah. you use the tools within our platform to, to get the questions answered and the data discovery and the review process. And then you're the one asking, you know, what are your goals? Right. You know, what would you like to accomplish? How would you like to see your kids live? How would you like to see your wife or your spouse survived? And, and all those questions, you're having the honest human conversations. And then once you've I've got, the, you know, the understanding, you know, where the client needs to go. That's when you're able to share what you've done and bring the attorney into the equation. So the attorney doesn't have to go through that, you know, bringing the client back into the um, the mix on the discovery end. Right. And and you and I both know when you ask a question to somebody and then you translate it to somebody else and you translate it to somebody else it never gets done correctly. Yeah, so yeah. here it's a one step process. It reduces the amount of errors. And it, it, and it gives the advisor the, the, the forefront of moving their client through the way it should be done, the way their planning process should be done.
1: So, like, right now, what we're doing is we have a form that the attorney gave us of all the information they need to draw up, the legal documents, the trust and the will and, you know, the power of attorney and the health care power of attorney, living will, everything. And so we fill that out with the client or we what we actually do is we have them start filling it we take them have them do it first then we review it with them and fill in all the gaps um but there's some conversation up front and there's some conversation on the back but to be honest with you it's clunky it's not like a streamlined process but we we're involved we want to be involved and then after that we give it over to the attorney attorney has a call with the client clarifies things then there's a, then they meet at our office and do the signing. So tell me, what would that look like using your technology? You know, what would our process evolve into? And
2: yeah. Exactly the same way, except the discovery questions are now done, Um via a web-based in platform, so yeah, so they're in the technology, and then actually, more, yeah, it's, more it's quicker, efficient, attorney, so they don't yeah. have to get paper documents, they're actually looking at it on a screen, right. but we use um, one of the key, key sort process is aggregation, mm-hmm. so there's no more uh, clients bringing in documents to the attorney, or you having to print stuff, it's all done uh, via what we call APIs, or um, integrated services with custodians and CRMs, where they bring all that data in, you're, all you're doing is clicking a button bringing all the pertinent financial uh, life insurance, all those policies together, and being able to share those through a web-based platform. It's a much more streamlined process. It makes it more um, efficient for the advisor to run their practice and do other things. Makes it easier for the client because they don't have multiple. And for the attorney, all they're doing is clicking buttons. And the best part of what we do is, we have integration with drafting solutions. So the attorneys now don't have to type in a name or a beneficiary's name or an address in their drafting solution they're just clicking on buttons in the language they like to include into the document, So the process is faster and it's more effective. It's just a cleaner way to do it um, through technology than as opposed post paper.
1: So typically is it, um, am I able to plug in the current attorney I'm, I'm using right now pretty effectively yeah, is it, or is it using a certain other type of outside attorney or third party attorney?
2: Yeah, we have both options. Oh, so okay. you can use it with your own attorney, your favorite yeah. attorney, or you can, if you don't have one, yeah, we have a, an attorney collaboration program where attorneys volunteer and participate and they work um, through the system and they're trained, they're vetted, um, yeah. they're run through bar checks and all that stuff. So they're um, you know, they're all brought to the mix um, to make it easier for the advisory. Wow. Yeah,
1: Super interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so that the collaboration is really improved. I'm assuming, I mean, obviously because the, the, The advisor has access and can see everything that's being done. So that way, if the attorney goes and the client calls the attorney directly and they change something or they do something other than what you discussed, you're going to see it all. So that's huge because I've had that happen. And then you feel totally out of the loop and there isn't really that collaboration they thought was happening, you know, between you and the attorney. Uh, And then the attorney has a a full access, which adds the efficiency because the advisors the, in the driver's seat, having the discovery meeting, adding value by having all those discussions, facilitating, cementing the relationship, and then all that information is just available for the attorney to add efficiency.
2: Exactly. Exactly. You couldn't have described it better. Um, you know, and and what uh, you know, and what people don't understand is is that um, you know when that binder of documents comes out. You know, how many of your clients actually understand those, you know, 70 page documents? Right. It's very challenging. Well, our tool actually allows um, illustration. So now you can visualize and connect and work and show live simulations to clients on how things work when somebody passes. You can actually make a person disappear or add in a trust. So now the client can visualize and see their escape plan as opposed to just reading language and documents. Nice. And it makes, you know, it makes it better for them to understand. You know, we know that people react to visualization much more effectively than they do to words.
1: No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. And you said there's some kind of like avatar or something even built into your software. Yeah. Is that, I can't I can't believe we haven't done a demo yet. But <laughs>
2: no, that's okay. It's been we'll, a short we'll, period we'll, of time we'll, we'll, since we met. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, so we studied this. We used psychologists to study this. But um, how do you remember the Microsoft little paperclip? Oh, yeah. Do you remember the first time you saw that? Yeah, it was so cool. It was so cool, yeah. right? And so, um, but you know, when you're planning for your death or for that, it's not super cool, right? So nice. we want to make your smile and your your, your, your process a little better. Yeah. So we studied human speaking versus avatars and cartoon avatars. Yeah. So we actually brought an avatar, a cartoon avatar, into the process of work, talking to your client, explaining what um, is valuable in the estate planning process. And the reaction is better by the client no because, way. yeah, some people dismiss it as, being juvenile, but we actually, you know, embrace it by being, um, you know, a better experience, um, you know, more enlightening, um, you know, and so we yeah. did, yeah, we, we spent, uh, a lot of money, green boards, um, you know, all of that stuff to bring it in, had psychologists develop the questions so people can understand those things and, uh, and the speaking part of it. And so, um, yeah, the avatar works within the system.
1: So Scott, um, you know, I went out, years ago through the national institute of certified estate planners and i became a certified estate planner and uh maybe 15 years ago and and i did that because i saw the huge benefits of working collaboratively with the attorney and really taking a state planning angle to grow my practice right i mean it was a big part of how i grew my business early on and still is and so i i in going out to do that you know i still i don't know i sat through a live course i don't remember how many days it was i studied a hundred hours probably to pass this test that mostly is all attorneys who have this designation but they allow advisors to get it too and it it was huge it was awesome a cep certified estate planner but um for those listening that are like i don't want to do all that (laughs) you know i don't want to have to go do all that I did it, and it gave me the ability to have intelligent conversations with prospective clients and existing clients around estate planning, expa- explaining the difference of a trust versus a will versus POA, healthcare power of attorney, you know, living with like all these different things that I was able to effectively explain and understand some of the more advanced strategies that were available yeah. for, for more affluent, high net worth clients. But let's say people are like, I don't want to, you know, go out and have to do all that studying. Um, but they're not that confident in talking about how these legal documents work and the benefits of them. Does the avatar do that for you? Does it explain each of these documents or or do these should you still have somewhat of a cursory knowledge of how to explain no um
2: actually our platform makes it does it for you really so it'll analyze the estate and 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 print out or or allow you to see what the what you know what would challenge the estate what might be a better solution or strategy might be missing and it gives you the language and terms to speak intelligently to your client so you don't have to know anything or do any work all you've got to do is input some information, click a button, and it'll lay it out for you. Wow. It'll make your life a lot easier. And and I think what, you know, in driving this forward, you know, when you talk about business growth, I think that estate planning, just like you said, is an, um, um, a, um, a missed opportunity by advisors. There's 57% of adults in the United States that do not have a estate plan in place. Wow. Um, and if you think of high net worth clients, yeah, they yeah. all state estate plan, ultra high net worth. Um, But you have to figure out there's also, um, you know, old money grantors that are the people that put money under the bed or don't want their families to. So I think advisors and, you know, and for me, I've grown my practice 20 percent organically through estate planning without doing any marketing, advertising, just by being able to engage in estate planning and using different methods to do that. Um, I believe advisors could grow their practice organically just 20 percent. Whether it be through life insurance, whether it be working with a grantor, whether it be working with funeral planning, whatever that might be within your book of business, you can expand your book if you know how to um, how to attack that area of estate planning. Explain what a
1: grantor is.
2: So a, a grantor is a very a simple concept. It's, concept. it's the person who has the money who's mm-hmm. going to pass it to the grantee. Right. And so, um, you know, for me, I'll just give this quick story. I had a client, a very good client of mine. Um, I didn't know the father. Um, I knew he was older. Um, you know, he was, uh, he was, uh, his, his wife had passed. Um, and I didn't, had no idea what his wealth was. Um, and then one day I was talking to my client. He said, my dad's really sick. And I said, oh, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, is there anything I can do? You know, I have a system to help you. Are, are you the executor? And he said, I am the executor of the estate. I said, well, I have a system, a software that will organize their estate. I go, Let's just figure out where his stuff is. He goes, well, my dad's old school. I'm not sure if he's going to participate. I said, hey, tell him, listen, it'll make my life easier. So he was able to convince his dad to listen. Let's let's organize the estate. So it really, in a, in a handful of months later, the the father had passed away. And it turned out the guy had about $1.5 million in assets. And so I was able to not only help distribute those assets to my client, but I also got his sister as a, um, and the assets that went to his sister as well, a new client, all by just merely saying, let's just organize your dad's estate and all the items in it. It was just a simple concept that led to, um, you know, that, and I was able to see when I father, when I got, when I got the information in the, in the platform, yeah. I had, a, 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 um, I had a peek at what was really in the estate. And when I said, wow, that's a pretty good size estate for an average guy. Right. Um, you know, it was, it was compelling. So those little things are the ways to grow your practice and, and, and expand your book just by looking in, inside and understanding
1: how to, you know, it's so funny, Scott, the synergies, because I've been doing ever since really, you know, this is going back to probably 1996, 97, I did my first binder. So I, I, I and now we it's evolved to being called the family estate organizer. Yeah. So what the family estate organizer is, is a old school three ring binder with a table of contents and literally the steps to take upon one's passing line by like one by one like a process that family succession plan i was describing earlier it's in the front of the binder but in the binder we include all of their bank investment statements insurance deeds titles birth certificates marriage license i mean passwords to the internet everything of importance goes into this three-ring binder that everything's three-hole punched and put in plastic sleeves. And uh, it's like it's one central point of truth. And so for a husband and wife, if one passes away, the surviving spouse knows exactly what's going on and where everything is. Second one passes away, the kids know how to settle the estate. But the binder gets outdated sometimes. We, We build it. It's all perfect, right? And then they get lazy and then I'm having to keep it up to date and this, that, and the other. But I mean, I can see where the combination of adding in the software, like with the two, because there are certain things like hard copy you want, you know, that uh, and we recommend a fireproof safe. But I, it's just funny hearing the synergies, you know, of what we've done independently. Well,
2: yeah, exactly. So that binder is replaced by our technology, and right. it lays out everything from divorce decrees to marriage certificates. All that in an estate plan, the only thing that you need an original document for is obviously a death certificate, which you're going to get upon death and the uh, original copies of the wills. If you have to go to probate, but if you have a trust, you don't necessarily need that. So that whole and then the binder now is refreshed with technology by clicking buttons. So bank statements are updated. Legal Everything is updated. So now you I think you you create a binder
1: up front to organize everything. They can stick that in their fireproof safe. But then ultimately you get it all into technology and that's how you maintain it going forward.
2: And to create the binder, yeah. you hit a button our software and we print everything out for you. Right. So it's all printed out so you don't even have to actually manually create the pages. All you gotta do is hit the print button and stick it in a binder. So
1: it's data aggregation, it's pulling all the everything right from Fidelity, T D, everything else. And it gives so them the same list out.
2: that they need upon settlement and also gives them really key aspects of how do I want to be buried? You know, all those different things that are important. Yeah. We also bring those into the legacy planning. We bring photo albums and genealogy trees and all those things to all keep those their past. Yeah. So we do all of that aspect of the planning. So the binder was the most popular method of doing it in the past. Yeah. Now bringing technology into it is what really moves a, moves a practice forward. Think about the advantages you have by being able to offer tech to your family yes. and a print tech, yep. as opposed to everybody who's still doing the, the binder method. And if that information got lost,
1: mm-hmm. you
2: know, where we have it encrypted Yeah. all
1: the time. So. Well, I have clients that will say, hey, I'll put this in my fireproof safe, but can you make a copy and keep it here in your office too? And they're already thinking of that. So the right. technology solves it, you yeah. know, yeah. that's so cool. Very cool. So what are the challenges that you've seen, you know, in, you know, changing the behavior of both professions? professionals the attorneys and the advisors
2: yeah well for you know and we'll start with the advisors the advisor group Um, you know the challenges for them is changing the mentality seeing the opportunity in estate planning so people are used to their ways you know Mm -hmm. they want to practice in their own methods. yeah yeah. their own thoughts they you know and and you know some advisors don't want to do any extra work but those who are hungry and want to grow have a tremendous opportunity um, sitting in front of them so it's changing the mindset of how people can take advantage of the space and how they can work, you know. And for attorneys, it's understanding why advisors, you know, um, don't find value in what they do because they never get any referrals back, right? So we always say we give it out to an attorney, but how many referrals? But well, there's like there's less attorneys than there are advisors, so they're getting multiple feeds, so they have to be careful of who they refer business out to. Right. But really, the mindset for the attorney is not the referral. It's by the way, look for opportunities for me in that estate plan. Hey, this person doesn't have enough, you know, life insurance or whatever it might be. The attorneys have to be changed and to think opportunity for the other parties. And they all, they think about is the legal documents and making right. sure that that's in place. They never be able to look. So if I can get the attorneys to change their mind to help me out and I can understand that I don't need the referral. What I need is the business opportunity. Everybody can work together.
1: Yeah. It makes life a lot easier. Uh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, we have a process, we work with the National Network of Estate Planning Attorneys. I think I mentioned this to you when we were having cocktails um years ago called the Attorney Advisor Alliance. And you know, one of the things that we talk about, actually, we're gonna interview them on the webinar that accompanies accompan- this podcast, but um one of the things we do up front is we tell the attorney that, you know, we basically have to do a barter. We'll do a full financial comprehensive financial plan for the attorney the attorney has to do a full estate plan for the advisor. And so we can experience each other's process and yeah. go through it. And so the, one of the things we experience too, because the attorneys are like, oh yeah, I'll send you referrals. Yeah, right, they never do. And then yeah. you're referring all this business to them. So, and it's hard for them to refer it to you until they've received value, yeah. right? And actually can speak firsthand of going through your process. So we put that in there years ago. and you know for example i was looking for a new attorney cuz the old one was you know doing things without letting me know and blah 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 it was not a good relationship so i was looking for a new one and i and i we took i took him through the whole attorney advisor alliance process that we have and then it was you know i i proposed that and at first he pushed back a little bit but then i said listen there's no way you're going to be able to refer to me If you don't go through my experience, doesn't mean you have to move your money over to me, but you have to have a finalized bucket plan and financial plan. And so he's like, all right, I get it. I'll let you go ahead and take me through the process. So I did that. He said in an exchange, you got to take me through yours because I got to make sure what, you know, what my clients are going to experience and speak to it. Long story short, he did end up moving all his money over, which is awesome. Um, Yeah,
2: because he had a good experience.
1: But now he is a raving fan, and I do get a nice handful of uh, referrals over every year. But I can see where this technology is going to take our collaboration to a whole other level, which is really exciting. Um,
2: You know, and and you're right, you know, and, 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 you know, in, in kind of, you know, summarizing it, it's an experience, right? So. You know, anything you do in life, whether you go to a restaurant, whether you buy a car, whatever it is, you go to a financial uh, advisor, it's an experience, right? And so if you have a good experience, right, you're more likely to eat at that restaurant again, maybe you buy another car from them, right. maybe refer your friends. It's about providing the experience. I think that in our profession, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not understood is the experience. The client walks away with an experience, they're going to love it. You know, right. and, uh, and if they just walk away from a bunch of numbers and not really an experience, it's more like, you know, quantitative and not human. And now, yeah. you know, they're just going to take it for what it's worth.
1: Well, think about, like, the efficiency you're adding to the attorney's practice by bringing this technology to them, too. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what's really cool about it is, you know, you're really bringing efficiency to them from a business perspective. Yeah. And, you know, one of the other things we do Um, We're going to talk about it on the webinar is the attorneys that are looking to grow is doing joint workshops to prospective clients. And we split the cost of the marketing, you know, and do joint workshops to uh, prospective clients. So that's a way that you can really reduce your marketing costs by collaborating and aligning with an attorney um, in that way. But I mean, this you know this te- yeah i love the technology piece of like just the collaboration and the value you're bringing to that attorney relationship yeah. um how can advisors grow their business uh through estate planning in your opinion
2: yeah i'll i'll, I'll you know it's a, that's a, a spectacular question um i think that uh they have to start in a certain way a certain method so i'll <laughs> i'll just kind of give one of my guidance i would first pull my book back okay and I would look at my book. It's easier to grow organically than it is to have to, you know, maybe it's easier to grow organically than it is to go out. But you have a client relationship there. Uh, and so you may think that you have um, already expanded what you can out of your, your book, squeezed it, you know, all the juice out, but right. there's still a little bit of juice left. Right. So take your book and analyze it. And so what I would do is I take my first five clients that maybe I don't have any estate planning done mm-hmm. or haven't done it in a while. And I would start that process with them. Um, and once I did that process, I would look for opportunity. You know, maybe it's just having some liquidity or having a small funeral policy, right. you know, to be able to pay for that stuff um, or to have a, have a funeral the way you want it. Whatever that that lower end of the book is, I would look at that opportunity first. Then I would actually go to my clients who are older that have parents that are still living. Yeah do my best to work with them to organize or move their estate and and or you know organize their estate and move in that method. So those are the first kind of ways I would try to grow my practice organically. You'd be surprised just by doing those little small things right off the bat. You, you could probably add a good 10 to 15% right off the bat if you do it right. Um, and then from there, I have other ideas that I would share if we had right. hours all on the podcast, but that's where I would start. I would start with the low end that I haven't either had reviews or don't have it in place. And then the people, my clients that are older, that still have living parents.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Um, and then, uh, I mean, for any advisors that are a little hesitant, like, am I crossing the legal threshold? You know, of the state planning, I'm not an attorney. I mean, how can how can we make money without crossing over that line? That's you a, know, it's I mean? a
2: valid question, certainly. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing. So gathering gathering information is not crossing a legal threshold. As a matter of fact, there's six parts to the CPA exam. One of those parts is estate planning, right? another part is tax, right? So not <laughs> not you know not crossing over the. The tax, uh, you know, where a CPA would give advice, where a legal advice would go to. I think when it comes to strategy and actually then at that point directing a client into a certain particular strategy, that's when you're going to have trouble with the legal threshold. But understanding, gathering data, asking questions – there is no legal um, you know, threshold being crossed. It's right when you get into the strategy part of it is where or, or recommending a certain thing is where you want to get an attorney involved. You might have the strategy in place. You might be able to explain it, but the moment you want to implement it, you want to get that attorney involved to be able to re, uh, you know, reassure your client that that's the right strategy or maybe make sure that, you know, to say, hey, this, this may not be the right reason for whatever it is. But that's the moment you've got to watch the threshold as the strategy threshold.
1: Excellent. Excellent. So uh, um, we've talked yeah, I, and I didn't plan on it. It was funny before the podcast. I'm like, well, we, we can't talk too much about your technology. But then all of a sudden I got super curious <laughs> no, and it's it, okay. awesome. Very, very insightful. How do we learn more about your folio?
2: Yeah. that. Um, so we, um, you know, we're a web based application. So our uh, URL or where you can visit our website is uh, www your Y O U R E and then the word folio F I O F O L I O dot com, your e com Okay. Um, you know, and if you want some information, you can always email me. I'm Scott at your efolio.com. So feel free to send me an email.
1: So you're yeah. telling me the whole time I've been saying your folio, it's your e folio. It's however, you <laughs> can, it's still, it's
2: still, it's still, yeah, your with an e, whatever way you want to say it, but we call it your e folio. Your e folio. Because e-folio. it's, it's electronic, like, yeah. So it's at your com yeah we'd love to take you through a guided tour um you know we uh will always um help your uh your your listing population out get uh, discounts in the uh, platform get them started. We have a full training program on limited support, but we'll also help those people. Grow their business. So we will provide them with with action plans on how to grow their business using the technology.
1: Awesome, and I'm excited, Scott, because you're going to be our mastermind uh, meeting here in Cleveland next month. Yeah, so uh, we'll be, be able nice. to introduce our mastermind members to uh, to your technology as well.
2: Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll 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 present them with some really valuable ideas to grow um, organically through estate planning, and so that when they walk away they'll have some some really good ideas on how to to make the most out of it.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening and uh, we'll catch you on next month's podcast.
0: The Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand podcast series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com.